Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Welcome to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. I almost forgot to press record. We would have just had to like pretty much re- redo that. Um, but we're here. Uh, happy Happy New Year to everybody and everyone. Jeez, uh, yeah, we haven't done an episode since last year. Um, but it's been yeah. a while. Holy crap! <laughs> um, but yeah, we have. Uh, you know the the games came hot and heavy, and uh, and the title race has gone cold, uh, as we kind of talked about last time. City is now ten points up. Chelsea is in second place with uh, only one win in their last five games, and uh, Liverpool in third with forty two points. Um, unfortunately. Think it's over. Think the uh, think the title race is over. But let's not start off this year with a down note here. We're, let's look at something positive. Logan, what is one positive thing you saw from this weekend? Yeah, it was not. With... It was not City. Uh, no, uh, I, was, I actually wasn't going to go with City for twenty twenty two. For twenty twenty two. I wasn't going to go with City, but I, I'm going to go with Brighton sitting in eighth. Um, we went with the Seagulls. They've got 19 matches played, so they've got two games in hand, according to the other teams that are kind of sitting at the top, Chelsea and Man City, with 21 games. So if you're looking at that in perspective um, of where they sit in the table, Brighton currently sits 27 points, so give them a couple games. Um, with the way that Manchester United and Tottenham uh, played, I would say that Brighton – kind of turning it around. Uh, They struggled there for a little bit. I think they went without a win since like September, uh, and they finally got one a couple weeks ago uh, against Brentford. So uh, I think that they went almost, what, two and a half, three months without a win. So looking at Brighton and and kind of looking at what the table looks like, um, I do think that Brighton has a chance to kind of push towards Europa uh, and try to get some kind of qualification through Europe because I do think – you know, with the way that Manchester United have played, with kind of the way that Tottenham play hot and cold, Brighton could still make a little bit of a run. So that, that'd that be my 2022. I, I like the way that the Seagulls are playing. Last year, they were down there with the relegation battle. This year, I think they're going to be well clear of it. So I guess kudos to Brighton Seagulls. Yeah, I think they already are well clear of it. They're yeah. 16 points up, and I can't see Burnley, Newcastle, or Norwich getting another 16 <laughs> points at this rate. Um, I mean, we're already right. We're already at what uh, most of those te- like Burnley has 17, Newcastle, Norwich have 19 games played. 
over half. Yeah, over we're, half. we're yeah. The, how many is it? Thirty-eight. Yeah, they're almost over half. Some of them. So. Yeah. So I, and if they've only gotten ten or eleven, uh, I'd probably go another ten or eleven for them. I mean, we look at Norwich, five straight losses just in the last five, I can see. It's probably been more than that. <laughs> they have 13 total losses, only two wins. Newcastle and Burnley only have one win, but they've drawn a lot more than, than Norwich. So that's why they're in a, well, not, I'm not going to say a better position. They're only one point above Norwich. And then you have Watford, who's kind of stuck around in it. They've got five straight losses as well. They go up against Newcastle next. They got 13 points. And then, like I said, what, a week or two ago, like Leeds and above have 19 or more points, and they're kind of uh, eight points clear at this point. I, I think that's pretty good for them. Again, Burnley has two games in hand of some of those teams, so that might help them out. But I think we're at a point where the relegation is like the bottom four, bottom four teams for something good. So let's not keep talking about relegation. But Matt, what's one thing you saw this week to kick off 2022, not Liverpool related, that you think uh, is good and not depressing? Can I pick United losing? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, wolves. I, mean, no, I would say, yeah, my, it was actually going to be Wolves. Um, you know, you know, they have the second best defense in the Premier League right now. That's, like that's better than Chelsea and Liverpool right now. Um, they've yeah, actually played all of those teams really well. I think they mm-hmm. threw Chelsea no nil. Liverpool needed a last second goal. Chelsea need or City needed the refs to give a really bad handball. So they they've played exceptionally well and they dominated United for a second time this year. Um, the first game at Wolves, they honestly played better than United, but United just has players who can finish usually. Uh, well, at that point they did. And uh, that's why they lost it. But, you know, they're, they are the second worst scoring team as well. Only Norwich scores less goals. Um, but when you have a defense plan like that, and honestly, they're, they're fun to watch, but they just, for some reason, don't score. Like, I don't know. If, I, Adama Traore is, is fun to watch run, but he doesn't really, doesn't do much else. Like, he's really exciting on that end. Um, and Raul Jimenez has really struggled. I don't feel like I ever watch him do anything in those games, but their coach has him playing well. Um, and honestly, if they win their games in hand with just a few, you know, other teams dropping, like I would expect United to drop some points with their games in hand with how they've been struggling, but Wolves haven't. So if they get those games in hand, they could be putting themselves in a battle for Europa. Um, and I know a lot of people are probably thinking it's, you know, top three Arsenal Tottenham, but maybe they're battling themselves here for sixth place. And sixth place is probably going to get them Europa League, which I don't think anyone would have expected Wolves to be in that case uh, this year. So it's it'll be fun to watch them because I think if United keep struggling, you actually could be seeing it be like a Wolves-West Ham battle for sixth place going into Europa, which might actually be the most exciting part of the season at, at this stage. <laughs> and with Wolves, I think that is... I don't know. I, I think we look at it like Nuno wasn't doing this well with this team. The Spurs and didn't do well. I mean, I, I, you know, I think we all thought like he was doing as well as he could with Wolves, but really it seems like this is as well as you can do with Wolves. Like they can't attack, but they're they're doing so well. It, it, they're all the way up to what 
eighth? Eighth. Yeah, they. When you watch them, though, you expect them to score more because they do put yeah. themselves in really good positions. Um, but you know, I, I again, it, it could just be a lack of finishers. It's very Brighton esque from last season in terms of their goal scorers. They just don't, you know. And, and when you're one of your biggest threats is Traore, who is, you know, it sounds like he actually could be on the move. Some some teams kind of want to bring him in. I don't really see what he brings to a team besides being fast, which I know is great because he gets a few fouls. But once he's around that 18 yard box, it's like he forgets he's playing football. It's like he, he just doesn't. I'm p- expecting him to pick up the ball and throw it like a baseball. Like that's how lost he looks when he gets into that that area. Um, but they they played well, and I I don't know if it. I just think at to an extent maybe Nuno's tactics could be a problem. Um, because I mean he struggled at Tottenham and now Conte has him not losing for like eight games in a row, so I think eventually you have to start understanding that with with him it was probably a situation where his tactics were so outdated, and he did get them to as far as he could, and they needed somebody to come in and kind of change it up. And they don't play three at the back; they change that up, which is kind of nice, um, and it, it's helped them. You know, it hasn't really hurt them defensively, and. If they were to score a few more or they put themselves in a few better chances, they would probably be higher up. Um, I, I don't think, you know, games against like City and, and Chelsea and Liverpool, I, my only issue with their tactics in those games were sit back as much as you could and then they would generally just play a long ball to, to Traore. Um, I know Liverpool, that's all. I, it, that's like everything I watched. They would get the ball, they'd kick it up to him and hope he would get like a foul. Um but besides those three teams, they, they play really, really well. So, I, you know, maybe it was just time for Nuno. And I don't really know much about this coach, Bruno Lage. I don't really I, – I think he's also a Portuguese, if I'm thinking correctly. So, I, you know, they kind of continue that trend. But he hasn't played well. So, I, you know, I wouldn't hate seeing them up there. It would be kind of fun compared to, you know, teams like Leicester choking away and, and stuff like that. So the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh battle is actually – pretty lively as what we uh compared to like earlier in the year yeah definitely um a lot of teams bunching up there um what i would say maybe one of the things that got me this weekend uh i guess that's good news for depending on who you are Leeds united looking kind of like themselves again three one victory over burnley i know it's only burnley but you know they dominated possession they had more shots and they won three to one it seemed like leads of old um and uh kind of getting the ship right a bit because again that opens up a eight point lead on on burnley and relegation and a six point lead on watford who's closer to relegation and kind of got them out of their funk of three straight losses um now of course those three straight losses were against chelsea uh city and arsenal so uh still good teams they faced there but if i'm a leeds fan uh, i'm happy to kind of see them you know it could always go one of two ways right You, you want those easy teams the burnleys to be able to get your ship right but then if you fail against it you're like oh crap we're really in trouble so you're kind of like damned if you do damned if you don't i'm like oh yeah they won 3-1 but it was against burnley but it's like that's what they should have done so if you're a leeds fan you're thinking maybe we're gonna be able to still survive this season 
I think it's also they just look better too as they yeah. get healthier. So you know, three one they should be winning three one, but it wasn't a messy like a, a incredibly messy three one. It was a it was a good three one. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure we've seen that from them too, where like you know they don't look particularly great, but would win one nil or lose one nil, and you're like, this is not usual Leeds United here, <laughs> and to kind of get that you know get that back is is good for them. Um, but man, we had a lot of games this week. We had, you know, City beat Brentford, Chelsea drew with Brighton, Leicester beat Liverpool, uh, West Ham beat Watford. We had Southampton and Tottenham draw, Palace versus Norwich, Arsenal Wolves was canceled um, due to COVID. Uh, Everton Newcastle was canceled. United beat Burnley 3-1, so Burnley has kind of had to live on repeat there again with the 3-1, I guess. And then you have Arsenal lose to City in a big game where Arteta wasn't there and Arsenal was able to get a lead and and blow it. And then we had Leicester-Norwich postponed. We had Tottenham just eke out against Watford 1-0. West Ham beat Palace 3-2. Brentford beat Aston Villa 2-1. Brighton beat Everton 3-2. That was a, a pretty intense game. Leeds with Burnley 3-1. As I said, Southampton-Newcastle was um, postponed. And then we had uh, a big match for second and third with Chelsea-Liverpool, which finishes 2-2. And the Wolves game that just ended earlier today, 1-0 to um to uh wolves which uh was pretty good i mean i i know from our text thread matt you thought that wolves would do what they did last time which is dominate and then end up losing the game because they can't score and you know how lucky united usually gets but uh thankfully uh for the interests of the premier league i think it's good for wolves to win that puts them three points behind united uh, we've talked about it. They only have that zero goal differential, though, Wolves. Same thing with Brighton. <clears throat> I mean, United's only got a three-goal differential. Uh, same thing with Spurs. But here's your top four right now. You got Manchester City, 10 points up. They've won how many games in a row? 11 or something? Yeah. Because <laughs> this only shows me the five. This is this is crazy. Uh, and they just sold Fernand Torres to uh, Barcelona, who may not be able to register him. That, plays out. <laughs> that sounds good. Oh, what idiots. Chelsea in second with 43 points. Liverpool in third with 42. Arsenal in fourth with 35. West Ham in fifth with 34. And then, you know, kind of gets spicy here. Tottenham in sixth with 33. United in seventh with 31. Wolves in 8th with 28, Brighton in ninth with 27. And then maybe Leicester outside shot for, you know, they're in 10th with 25 points. They're about 9 points back of a Europa spot. Um, then you have Palace, Brentford, Villa, Southampton, all kind of bunched up with 23 and 22 and 21 points. Everton and Leeds with 19. And like I said before, Watford with 13, Burnley, Newcastle with 11, and Norwich with 10 um yeah so title race is over right we all kind of agree with that what do you think logan 
Yeah, I mean, it's really hard because, I mean, it, while we are 10 points clear, it, it's tough because COVID. Like, I, I think if you had a really bad spell of COVID run through a team uh, and it knocked out a couple of players, I could see it being more competitive. I do think that they're really far ahead as far as the way that they can control the ball and possession. I think Chelsea and Liverpool are flawed in their own certain ways, whereas I don't know if City really have that kind of flaw. I mean, their depth city is always really deep and they've got a lot of players that can fill into these different positions. Whereas I think with Liverpool and Chelsea, when things start to go bad, it's kind of tough for them to kind of recuperate and and find positives in their bench. Sometimes I think that there's lulls and spells where Liverpool or Chelsea are hit with COVID and injuries and they just can't recover like city can. I mean, city's got what two teams worth of players, whereas I think Liverpool and Chelsea have about one and a half. So it's, it's very tough for them. Um, I do think that Liverpool, if city kind of bounce a couple games, Liverpool's the only one that can kind of stay up with city. I don't see Chelsea with what's going on currently being very competitive. What's what's going on? (laughs) I don't know. We'll have to talk about that. (laughs) Um, But I just, I I think Liverpool are easily the better team. Um, I know it was a two seal. 2-2 2-2 draw at Stamford Bridge, but I do think that Liverpool, for the most part, are more competitive when they've got healthy players. So it it, it really is going to be tough for Chelsea to bounce back. It's going to be tough for them to catch City because they're 10 points clear, um, especially because uh, if, if City do go out and find a striker, <laughs> I don't really know what will happen. I doubt they do. I think it'll be the summer, but who knows? At, at this point, it, it just seems like City's league to win all the time and the other teams can try to compete, but they're just having a hard time. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the Lukaku stuff too um, at, at some point here. But uh, yeah, Matt, we had a 2-2 draw. The LeBron James of soccer scoring for uh, Chelsea to make it 2-2. <laughs> uh, if people haven't seen that Pawn Stars clip, uh, you should look it up. Um, but yeah, uh, so it finishes 2-2. Um, you know, people kept saying that's not good for either team. It only helps City, but I think it could help Chelsea in the sense of they're going through this turmoil. They were down 2 0. They come back to equalize it. Um, uh, you know, they were on the front foot, at the, especially at the end of the game. But it seems like maybe this Lukaku stuff might go away a bit i got some articles we'll talk about it here but um did you get any positives from the liverpool side of it for this 2-2 draw no <laughs> um i honestly didn't think either even, even if either team won i don't think it was gonna do much for the title race um in all fairness what you watched that game is every every liverpool game that doesn't have tiago starting that is everything that you would expect it to be. Um, and that's not the first time they've dropped a 2-0 lead without Thiago starting. They did it against Brighton. Um, they lost the lead twice against Brentford. They lost the lead twice against City. Um, not having Thiago is just a disaster right now for how they play. And I don't – there's a lot of different reasons we could probably go into, but there's a lot of midfield issues. Um, not Fabinho-wise. Everything else is a bit of a mess. But it – it's going to be pretty uphill. I know if they get their game in hand, they, they actually are eight points behind City. They have a game in hand because Leeds had to uh, postpone the game against them on Boxing Day for COVID uh, issues. Um, 
and honestly, you have AFCON coming up. They're not signing anybody. And in fairness, when on Thursday at the Carabao Cup game against Arsenal, they have one attacker available, um, just uh, Jota. So I, I actually don't even know who is going to play in that game because I, I honestly don't know who their attackers are behind the regular five or six that they have. Um, so that, that would be probably pretty interesting, but there really wasn't a lot of positives. Um, you know, they, they still look really, really aggressive and, and lethal in terms of attack, but when they have certain players out in the midfield, it's not even a defensive issue. It's, it's strictly midfield. They got overran. Like it, it never felt like they had control of the game. Um, they had a little bit when Keita came on, but the midfield has been a big issue. And, and to be honest, not, People don't know if it's the players, if Klopp changed the system. Um, there's a theories on both of them. Uh, they do think that players have gotten a – he's changed what the midfielders are supposed to be doing, and that's caused a bit of an issue in terms of defensive tactics. And there's also a bit of an issue with they tend to get up in games, but then they don't change their style. So they'll still continue to attack, 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 up 2-0, when instead try to play a little bit more defensively so that they can keep that lead. Um, but, you know, in the end, I expected a draw. I expected it to be boring because both teams had so many players out. I thought it would be a lot more boring. But, you know, it just helped City in the end. And all right, congratulations on the championship, Logan, on the next next couple championships. I don't think anyone's going to beat them the next three years. That's my prediction. The other bad thing, though, too, is like Liverpool and Chelsea sure didn't help themselves. Like, if you look at the last five matches, you you guys haven't collected a win since that it, December 16th so, win in Newcastle. And Chelsea's only won one game of their last five. The other is they uh, and they, against, and they said it on the broadcast. They've lost 11 points from winning yeah. positions. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is brutal. So they haven't helped uh, they, themselves. They used to be really they, good at locking that down. Yeah. And, but I, you know, it, it's weird though when you when you look at the season. Honestly, like even before the Leicester game, I felt the season was over in terms of the title. When you look at the fact that it, it's gotten to a point, somebody made this uh, point today with in terms of Liverpool investment, is that the owners probably the owners are likely looking at the Premier League like this. Even if we invested another couple hundred million into this team they still would need everything to go right to beat city. Like they literally need everything to go right. So why don't we just not invest that kind of money? Probably end up in the same spot, but if city have a hiccup or two, then maybe we win the premier league again. And I, it, it honestly, that made a lot of sense in terms of why you're not seeing Liverpool make more moves because they kind of basically feel like, the only way we're going to win this is if City have like two or three bad hiccups throughout the season. But if they play like they're normal, even if we do everything we can, we're not going to win. Like it's basically they give up before it starts. Well, I mean, my thing is like, uh, like with City and, and being a City fan, it's tough to kind of look at it in an outside perspective because it's, you know, it's my team. But it's like uh, teams have great success against them in Champions League, whether it's PSG, whether it's, you know, Teams like that that are smaller teams. Chelsea knocked this out. Like it, teams always have success against City, and I think a, a lot of what it is is that when they get in the league, it's like almost as if the teams are playing to concede, and and they just go, okay, well, City's going to beat us. It's just a matter of how much. 
and then I think it gets into their heads, and I think they go on this long run. Like, there's no way that you should go 11 games with how good you are. It doesn't matter how good you are. I mean, you shouldn't go 11 games uh, in this league, at the top competitive league in the world, and win 11 straight. Like, there's just no way that that should happen. But I think a lot of it's because – I don't think that they think they believe they can beat City. So they're like, well, I can't beat City, so why even try? And, and when things go wrong, it just goes wrong, and then they just unwind. So it's like City's beatable. They're very beatable. Arsenal almost beat us. Like, it, it was that – I think that mentality. There's ways to beat us. It's just that I think sometimes the other teams look at us and go, eh, there's no way we can beat them. So we're kind of up against the wall here. You, I mean, you actually bring up – that's a good point too with it because Arsenal – I didn't watch much most of that game because it was, you know, New Year's Day and I was sleeping because, you know, stayed up super late. Um, but from everything I read, Arsenal were actually really attack-minded. They actually went at City. and Yeah, nobody you know, does that. Leicester, Leicester did that for about 10 mm-hmm. minutes and scored three goals. Liverpool will go after City and those games end 2-2, two, 3-2, two, yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So your point about teams, it, it is. Teams kind of go into it going, we're not going to win. So, like, why try, you know? Instead, let's kind of reserve our energy and try to get points off of other teams. Because uh, you watch teams play City and then watch them play against Chelsea and Liverpool, and it looks like two separate games. You will watch some of those lower teams. Mm-hmm. almost. It's like their Super Bowl to face Liverpool and Chelsea. But against City, it's kind of like, well... I don't see a reason why. And then that's what happens in the Champions League is that those teams, Bayern aren't going to sit back. You know, even RB Leipzig, they're not going to sit back and go, oh, like, we might lose this game. Like, let's take it to them. We don't play these guys all the time. And we have our own yeah. giants in our league. So let's let's try. And I, I think, though, at the same time, in, in terms of a 38-game season, yeah. City are much more well-equipped to handle everything that happens. Because – Look at the same Liverpool and Chelsea are struggling at the exact same time. And it's the busiest time of the year. COVID's running rampant. Injuries are happening. You know, I think Liverpool had like eight players out against Chelsea. And I know Chelsea had probably like five or six out. And the problem is, is that when you have that and then, oh, you got to play again in three days and you just lost your goalie and your, you know, big starting midfielder to COVID, Liverpool and Chelsea can't do that. They can't have that happen as good as they are. And that's with every team. You know, if Norwich lost, that's why, honestly, like some of the lower teams, it kind of feels like they're using COVID almost as an excuse, which sounds bad, but they're like, we have so many injuries that two COVID cases, we just can't do it. So let's just say we have COVID. And then they get games canceled because they have even less of an ability to deal with this busy period. Um, To be completely fair, though, I that's where I think five subs would also be a really big help because I think it would help teams deal with this kind of like congestion. But in the end, over 38 games and, you know, eight months of a season, there's only one team. Kane has stolen it at the death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.